This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. On the 12th of August this year, the 75th anniversary of the liberation of the detainees from Beau-Basson camp commemorated. In attendance at what was clearly an emotional ceremony, albeit held on Zoom, were some of the detainees and Mauritians who remembered them. Joining me now to tell me about the memorial as well as the history of the camp are Owen Griffiths, President of the Island Hebrew Congregation in Mauritius, and Dr. Ronnie Mikkel Ariela, who is researching the story of the Jewish detainees on the island. Owen and Ronnie, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you very much for having us. It's our great pleasure to share this, be able to share this very important and emotional story. Was very, very emotional because some of the detainees were part of the ceremony. And maybe you can just tell me a little bit about the ceremony and what happened. Okay. So, um, we had, uh, um, it was hosted by the, uh, uh, Holocaust Center in Johannesburg, Tali Nate. We had, um, uh, the head of the, um, of the surviving detainees, uh, uh Tali Regev from South, uh, from Israel. I'm sorry. He was there. We had various people speaking. We had lighting of memorial candles, um, speeches, the history, uh, a rundown on, on what, what happened uh, during the war, and that was done by Ronnie. Um, and all up, it was a little over an hour long, but it was a very, very strong emotional get-together. Of course, we're looking forward to having a real ceremony. And what do I mean by that is having actual people coming to Mauritius which was planned for this year, we're going to hope, hopefully do that next year. Ronnie, do you want to tell me a little bit about the history of the detainees? So, uh, actually, I uh, found out about the history uh, of this very unknown episode when I first came to South Africa in 2014. I visited the Ruchlin archives in Johannesburg at the Bayachat Center, and uh, it was part of my field work on my dissertation, which focused on Holocaust memory in South Africa during the apartheid years. And as I started working uh, at the archive and reading materials on uh, the Jewish community in South Africa uh, during the, the Second World War years, I ran into a box full of correspondence, which was titled Mauritius. And as I read through the, the, the files, I realized that there were uh, uh, Jewish refugees who arrived from uh, Europe uh, to Palestine in uh, December 1940 and were deported by the British mandatory authorities in Palestine to a British colony in Mauritius. And uh, it caught me quite surprised as an Israeli uh, born and raised in Israel, uh, as a Holocaust researcher who is well invested in the history of uh, Palestine, uh, British mandatory Palestine and Israel, and of course with the history of the Holocaust, but I never heard of this story before. And that kept me very curious. And as I learned more and more about this uh, story, I realized that this uh, episode deserves more than one paragraph in my dissertation. And I uh, had to be very patient and to finish my dissertation in order to start working on this uh, very neglected history. And uh, and so this is the story of one time 
1,580 Jewish men, women, and children who fled Nazi-controlled Europe uh, from a variety of, of places in Europe, uh, from Brno, from uh, Prague, from Berlin and Munich, from Vienna and Danzig, uh, and were on board from some from Vienna and some from uh, Bratislava uh, on uh, ships who were uh, uh, on their way uh, illegally, of course, uh, from the British perspective, uh, to the British mandatory uh, Palestine. And as they arrived uh, in uh, December 1940, in actually November 1940, uh, they were all uh, uh, able to be deported to Mauritius together with uh, a few more thousand uh, refugees who were already uh, uh, in Haifa. Uh, and uh, the Haganah, which was the uh, uh, military uh, underground organization of the Jewish issue at the time, uh, decided that they have to uh, stop this deportation. And they bombed a, a ship called the Patria, where some of the refugees were already on. Uh, and uh, in order to stop the deportation. Uh, this was a very tragic episode uh, and uh, where 260 uh, of, the, of the Jewish refugees died. Uh, the ones that survived the Patria uh, were permitted to stay in uh, Palestine, uh, while uh, the others, the ones who were on the Atlantic ship and who actually saw those tragic sights of their friends and families uh, uh, on the bombed ship were uh, sent to the athlete camp and uh, 10 days later were deported to Mauritius, where they spent seven, uh, four years and seven months behind Iron Gates. And... Uh, so this is a very human uh, tragic story uh, of a very uh, uh, heterogeneous group of people uh, who wanted to save their lives. Not all of them were Zionists, but eventually the testimonies of those that he said that in Mauritius, most of, most of those group of people became Zionists. Um, uh, and uh, they spent quite uh, quite a period, all all the the period of the war, uh, on the camp in Mauritius, which which was actually a prison converted into camp. Fascinating history, and as you say, little little is known about it. I understand from Tally Native that um, you received a letter from the British government acknowledging the suffering of the detainees, and I just wonder that that is quite a historical step in and of itself. If it, either of you would like to comment on that, before the uh, and the history of the letter itself is very interesting too. So, before the actual Zoom ceremony, the British High Commissioner visited the prison. Uh, area, the uh, cemetery where the 126 detainees who died during the detention period in Mauritius are buried and our small museum. And he said to me, look, I can't promise you anything, Owen, but it would probably be nice and in a way close the circle if we can get some letter from the British government acknowledging the suffering of these people. Uh, and I said, well, that would be absolutely fantastic. And I can understand from you that you can't promise anything. And, and between us, it's probably very unlikely you'll ever get such a letter. But he was good to his word and he got a letter signed by 
the Minister of Commonwealth Affairs, um, who uh, stated just that. He stated two things. He acknowledged the suffering of the detected that the white paper that prevented Jewish immigration to Palestine uh, during the war years perhaps uh, could have been done in a different sort of way. So the letter was not an apology, and no one was really expecting an apology. 128 um, Jewish refugees died during the detention, and they are buried in St. Martin's Jewish Cemetery in Mauritius. Are there any family that still remains there, or any connection still to that community, to to, to the detainees? At the end of the war, none of the detainees were allowed to stay, even assuming that they wanted to stay. So at the end of the war, they were all sent back to Palestine, with some getting off the ship in Mombasa and going to South Africa. A few families ended up in South Africa. No one was allowed to stay. So there's no direct connection between the Jewish community in Mauritius today and those detainees. However, many detainees over the years have come back to visit Mauritius, come back to visit the graves of their loved ones, come back to to visit the site of their internment. Uh, And so that's the main connection. And I hasten to add, although the detainees uniformly were very angry at the British for having deported them and imprisoned them, they all universally have very fond memories of Mauritius as a place and of Mauritians as people who were very, very sympathetic to their cause during the war and helped them wherever possible. Ronnie, were you able to easily identify the families of detainees with regard to the memorial? So not at first. Uh, what was interesting is that when I first started learning about this episode and I went to the Ghetto Fighters House archive, uh, I couldn't find... Uh, an updated list of relatives or of ex-detainees or people who were born uh, on the camp. And we ha- we know of 60 babies who were born since 1943 to 1945. Uh, but I couldn't get an updated uh, emails, addresses or postal, uh, post addresses or even phone numbers. So what I did have, I was very lucky uh, to collaborate with ONN, the memorial, the, the Bovastan Jewish Detainees Memorial and Information Center in Mauritius, uh, with the help and support of the Rosa Luxemburg Stiffen in Southern Africa, and of course with the great support of Tali Nates and the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center. And uh, what we did was the memorial had a, a short list of people, of ex-detainees that they were in touch with and of relatives who actually went to Mauritius to visit the cemetery. And this was very helpful because it was a start. And uh, I, I think that as we uh, continue to work together, uh, trying to uh, uh, to, to, uh, to create this outreach or to, to, uh, um, promote the knowledge about this episode, uh, through articles in various, uh, uh, newspapers in the world and in Mauritius, we received a lot of, uh, uh, emails and responses from people all over the world who either, uh, relatives uh, uh, who were ex-detainees or who were ex-detainees themselves. Currently, we have more than 100 people listed 
in our uh, in our updated list who we actually spoke with and we who are interested in in continuing as a community uh, and i think it is very important and in this list we also have a very important group of mauritians who remember those refugees who have uh, stories personal memories uh, of how their uh, their fathers and mothers and and grandfathers uh, had personal relations with the refugees and who actually have material objects of the refugees and uh, one or two uh, very interesting stories are of uh, of uh, of uh, two women from Mauritius one who was actually uh, painted by a, Mauri- uh, a Jewish refugee a German Jewish refugee a very talented one uh, when she was nine years old her father asked the refugee to paint uh, his two daughters and he paid her for that And that was his way to help the, the, that refugee because the refugee had to, to, to find a way to make a living in order to, to, you know, to, uh, to be able to buy some more, some additional food to, to be able to continue, uh, to conduct a normal, uh, kind of a normal, uh, life uh, or a routine inside uh, the camp. So uh, this is one story. The other story is of uh, a Mauritian woman who told us uh, that her father uh, went to an exhibition held by two uh, Jewish refugees, very talented ones, uh, in 1942 uh, at Rose Hill, and where they sold the, their artwork to uh, the local population in Mauritius. And, his, and her father insisted that Each and every member of the family will buy at least one uh, um, one artwork in order to support the refugees and this is only two very minor stories and I'm sure that we, we will once uh, cop 19 will uh, will will be behind us and we will be able to continue uh, with our oral history project uh, uh, the local history project in Mauritius I'm sure that we will be able to locate the Uh, some additional very emotional and excited stories. Oh, what a rich history that you've uncovered here, Ronnie. Um, in, in closing, uh, is there anything you'd like to add? The one thing I would like to add is just a story that really marked me, and we're so fortunate today that most of us don't have to make decisions that result in either life or death. But one of the families I met, they came from Danzy, and they said they were sitting around a, a dining room table in their family, family home in Danzig in 1940 and the younger man said I hear if you go to Vienna you can get an exit visa and we can get out of the Rhine and the other family member said you must sugar what you think you're going to go into the Reich run the danger of going into the heart of the Reich because you hear some rumor about a visa you go we're staying put and of course the young man took that chance got to Vienna and got an exit visa and survived and all his family who didn't want to take that risk which would have been an enormal, enormous risk, they all died in the Shoah. So that was just a story that really marked me, to think they're confronted with a, such a decision, to go or not to go, to live or to die. Incredible. Yeah, hard times, hard choices, and yeah, history giving us a 2020 vision. 
Um, Owen, thank you so much for joining me. And Ronnie, thank you so much. That was Owen Griffith, President of the Island Hebrew Congregation Mauritius, and Dr. Ronnie Mikkel Ariela, who's the historian working on the project. Thank you to both of you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was our pleasure. I'd like to thank you all for joining me. A special thanks to Lucy Masinga, who works incredibly hard at producing the show. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, you're welcome to send me an email on sharice at sajbd.org. Please stay safe, and until next week, Shabbat Shalom.